But yeah, we've been listening about this, the prodigal story um, for a few weeks, and we looked at different angles. We looked at the younger son, we looked at the older son, we looked at the father and the father's heart. And last week, we looked a bit more in depth at the older son and how even though he had it all, he lived in a poverty mindset, still waiting for the dad to give him a little goat. In Luke 15, verse 29, we read, but he answered his father, look, all this year I've been sharing for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. So he was very much caught in this idea that he had to ask for because he was slaving and he was obeying orders. I'm sure the father was not like that. The father was, everything is yours. Um, and there's a verse before this that, that it's not up there, but it says that the father took everything and divided between the two sons. Yes, the younger son took his part and went off, but the older son means he had it all. Everything was his. And the older son lived in the father's house he had everything the father had. It was his. But he just didn't know it was his to that level. Because if he felt like he had to be given a little goat, then he didn't realize that he had it all. He didn't know he was a son. Therefore, it was all his. He was still living in a slavery mindset. He was still like, I'm obeying your orders, father. Therefore, every now and then you should come to me and thank me for all the things that I do and maybe give me a little goat. But actually, everything was his. He could have just been like, can I take the biggest, fattest sheep? And, and the father would be like, yes, everything is yours. But he didn't. So I want to look a little bit on this idea of how to move on from, you know, Adam last week used this reference of a warehouse where we sit inside and it's all ours and we have it all. And, um, but we still sometimes ask for more. You have it all, but you have to grab hold of it. I remember once Paul, a dimensions, using this reference that he sometimes hears people saying, I want more, and I want more, and they get asked, what more? Oh, I want more money, I need more money, and they're like, but how much more? No, no, just more, and then you give them a pound. Well, that's more. There's more than you had before, and sometimes you can see they're asking for more, and actually not really know what you want because... Actually, if you know what you want, it is all there. You, it is already yours. You have it already. And Adam said this phrase, the poverty mindset has to be killed before it kills you. Because if, and what he means by it kills you, it means that you have no life. Like this morning, we talked about having the fullness of life. And the poverty mindset just drains all the life out of it. You end up like the son, the older son. It doesn't look like he was living fully. He was just... He was drained. He had no life. He was just slaving away every day, hoping something will happen. But he didn't have life. He didn't have full life. He didn't have abundant life. He didn't have a joyful life. Um, so I want to us to look a little bit at how do we grab hold of the truth. And I want us to look in John 5, verses 1 to 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethshada, Bethada, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after stirring of the water was made well of whatever diseases he had. 
Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and he knew that he already had been in this condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Um, in verse 5 we read, Now a certain man was there. But then two verses before we read that there was a multitude of sick people there. There was a lot of people. It was full of sick people. You can imagine having a pool, you know, in Shipley or the Mirapool in Bradford that makes people well. It will be probably packed every day. And there were so many people there ill waiting to get in the pool. But the Bible, and this in John, we read just about this particular one man. And Jesus heals him and nobody else around. And um, I remember reading this and thinking, why one and not the rest? Or, you know... But the, the more I thought about it, and the more I thought, you know, there were really, there were loads of them, therefore they were like all close to each other. If I was ill next to the pool waiting to get healed, and then this man just healed somebody next to me by telling him to get up, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't just sit there. Just, just imagine this. The Bible said there was a multitude of people by the pool. So they must have been really close to each other, hearing and seeing everything that happened. But nobody else said anything or followed the instructions. Yes, Jesus chose to talk to that man particularly, but the other people were around listening and watching. Are you telling me that, I mean, this is an extreme case. These people are ill. They want to be healed. Hence, that's why they're by the pool. But they still sit there and waiting for the pool. When this man is not in a pool, there's not taking people to the pool, it's just healed the man right next to that. This man was ill for 38 years. Like, when I'm in the staff room sometimes, and someone comes in with a biscuit, if you want a biscuit, you ask for a biscuit. You don't just sit there like, oh, he didn't offer me a biscuit. You, you do, don't you? And it's a biscuit. If you, it's even more like, I don't know, me and Matthew were talking last night, and I'm like, if somebody, you've been in a room full of people and waiting for like something, and someone comes in and be like, oh, if you open this, or if you do this, you get a million pounds. You wouldn't just sit there and be like, oh, well, I'm not sure he talked to me. You'll be like, oh, excuse me, excuse me, I heard something about a million pounds. May I uh, get in on that? So I am 100% sure that if any other person there that had problems with their legs, they would have got up and picked up their bed, they would have been healed. But they didn't. They sat there waiting, and oh, cool. Hence, I'm still here. I'm, oh, now I have to wait for tomorrow's pool. Maybe another Jesus guy will come tomorrow and heal one of us. It's a little bit like, why was the rest of them not healed? Yes, Jesus chose to speak to this one person. But the rest of them were there. They heard everything. They listened to everything. They watched everything. Out of the multitude, only one person got healed. Why? Because the rest did not follow the instruction. The rest were probably still waiting for somebody else to still do something for them, for somebody to talk to them personally, for somebody to take their bed, or they were just, you know, afraid, or just be like, oh, well, I'm not sure if this is for me. But the point is that God puts people around us all the time with different stories and testimonies for us to learn and listen to their stories. And sometimes, 
And when we listen to each other's stories, it's easy to think, oh, well, it's them. Of course that happened to them. Of course this happened. Of course they did this. Or of course they went there. And of course this amazing miracle happened to them because it's them. And it's easy in the moment for you to know the Father and to know the Father is good, but to not realize that you are also son of the Father. Therefore, whatever happened to them, it can happen to you. You know, how many times have you sat listening to people's stories and testimonies and you thought, oh, wow, that's amazing. God is amazing. God is so good. And you believe it for them, but sometimes you find it a bit harder to believe it for yourself. And like, I've listened to so many times to people's stories. I'm like, that is an amazing story. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm not sure you could apply it to me because my problem is actually bigger and harder. And I'm not sure if God could do that to me, you know. Or you think, oh, well, of course it happened to them because they are... They are, I don't know, Paul Hubbard or Adam Carver, but it won't happen to me. But actually, you know, we all have the same God. Yeah. I'm going to look into it more. Like, we all have the same God. I can't just say, well, God, Adam's God does this to him and helps him in this way. But my God helps me sometimes in this. Like, it's the same principle of the two sons. They knew who the father was, but... The connection between I know the father and he's good and actually I'm his son, therefore I can have everything that he has, there was a little bit of a misconnection, a misunderstanding. And uh, I remember just recently I sat down with Adam and we were chatting about something and he mentioned to me, he was like, actually, this is, this is really good, but I think there is somebody else that could help you in this way because they've been through the same thing. And, um, and it doesn't mean that Adam couldn't help me through that. But I am surrounded by amazing people. They've been through different things all the time. And you are all here have a story to tell that it's different. And yes, Adam, sometimes he's the one that sometimes meets with people. And he has, but he hasn't been through everything. It's so many things that you have been through and only you know how it is that you can help somebody and you can talk to somebody and, or you can go to somebody. Like you, you, you only have to like ask somebody, oh, is there anyone here that, has once struggled with, with finance, and can I talk to? And I'm sure there'll be like a few people raised their hands and be like, yes, I'll tell you about the time when that happened to me, or, you know, all these things. And, and it doesn't mean that I can't help, be helped by this one person, because his heart is in for me, and he wants to help me. But actually, there's somebody else that knows better and been through it. And how blessed are we to be able to be like, you know, I'll take you out for a coffee, um, tell me about all this thing, and... But the question that I put here was, how much do I want what somebody else has and what God has given me already? Do I want it enough to go and ask for help? Do I want it enough to do something about it, apart from sitting in my warehouse, waiting for somebody to do it for me? When, because there's some, so easily to sit in the warehouse. It's so easy to sit in the house sometimes and be like, I really need this to happen Oh, I need to go out the house and do something about it. Okay. But I really need this to happen. And then you carry on being in that place. And then every person that you see, you're like, but I really need this thing to happen. Oh, well, have you tried talking to so-and-so? No, no, no. But I really need this thing to happen. And I've been there so many times. And then I needed someone to be like, actually, you know what? You actually have to do something about it. Because as much as it's great for you, you know, people listening to you, that you need this thing to happen to you, you need to do something about it. And that's what I did when Adam told me that. I was like, okay. So I went to this person, got them out, took them out for a meal, 
talked all about them, and it was great. And it wasn't that they were better than Adam. They just knew a bit more about this particular thing. And it was great to chat to them. It was great to listen to them. It was great to even see somebody who's been through it, and now it's at the other side, and be like, okay, their God is my God. Yeah. If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. Yeah. And just that idea of like, I'm grabbing hold of it because I want it. Um, when I know I'm a son and that everything in the warehouse already belongs to me, then I act out of that. If I'm in a warehouse where I'm not really sure it's mine, I'm like, oh, you know, when you go to Ikea and you just walk around and you're like, oh, which one, which one is the, the cupboard that I already chose? You don't just go to every... But if you're in a warehouse, you know everything belongs to you. Oh, can you imagine an Ikea warehouse? <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. No, but everything is yours already. You wouldn't just kind of like very shyly ask somebody to go and do it for you. You'd be like, yeah, I'm getting myself a ladder. Look at this. And look at this. And then you'd go home and build it because you get so excited because you know it's already yours. And then you get home and you're like, oh, I still need something. You'd go back to the warehouse, right? Because you know you act out of I know everything is already mine. That's why the first step is knowing it is all mine. Knowing I am a son and a daughter, therefore... I can access it all. Because sometimes, and I've been guilty of this many times, is looking at God from like a bit of a far. I'm like, I know God is good. I know he provides. I know he's amazing. I've seen in other people's life, but I'm not really sure it can happen to me. So actually making it personally, like, yes, he is my God. He's also, he can do all those things for me. So I need to grab hold of it. Just like in a warehouse, Things might, little bit, might be a little bit out of reach. Phil said, said this at the end. In a warehouse, if you're my height especially, you're going to be like, well, well, you might have a ladder, but um, you might need you know, a ladder or a friend to help you out. That's what I'm saying. It's great to have all, everyone around you be like, okay, I do have everything in the warehouse. I do want to get to patience up there. And it is in my warehouse, and it is mine, but actually this person's already been through patience, and I want to talk to them through it, and they're going to help me. And by the time they help me, I already reached it, and it's mine. And it's kind of like working their way, because on one hand, I'm saying you need to do it, but actually on the other hand, you have all these people that can help you. And help you doesn't just mean doing it for you, it means helping you. Um, yeah, How many people are around you that you can learn from. What do you want next, and who has it? Uh, at the moment, I, I mentioned patience because this is what I'm working on. Okay, patience. I want patience. I know I already have patience. I'm just not really sure how to use it yet. Who's got patience around me? Who uses patience and acts out of patience and lives out of patience? Well, this person, this person. I'm going to talk to them because they're amazing. I'm sure there were times where maybe they weren't that patient. So. They have it, their God gave it to them, I have the same God, I can go and get it. We can sometimes listen to an instruction and think it's not for us personally, therefore missing out on what God has for us. That's what people did by the pool. They were like, well, I'm not sure it was exactly for me. He, Jesus didn't look into exactly my eyes when he said, take up your bed and walk, therefore I'm not going to do it. And we do that sometimes. You know, like Even this morning, we could have missed out on what Matthew said because it's like, well, it's not really for me. But actually, well, it maybe, can, it maybe it's not really for me this morning, but I'm doing it because I want what he says. I want to stand in grace. I want to stand in full life. What if every single person at the pool have listened to Jesus and gathered beds and walked? 
they would have all been healed. I have no doubt of that. All of them that day would have gone home healed. But it was more like, oh, easy for me. I'm not really sure if it's Jesus. And I think that by this time, Jesus already had a reputation. People knew who he was. It wasn't just this particular instance. Like, it still amazes me a bit that people weren't like, whoa, look at this man. I've known this man. I've seen him 10 years ago, and he was still by this side. But look at him walking now. I want what he has. But, yeah, so we have to... So I put here, there are times when Matthew and I talk about finance, you know, like things like, for example, going to Sicily or plan our budgets. And um, you wouldn't guess it, but I'm always the more worried one. And I'm like, oh, Matthew, I'm not sure about this. And Matthew, I'm not sure about this. And um, there was a time when Matthew um, looked at me and be like, babe, look at Paul Harbour. If he can do it and he flies there and he flies there, then we can do it. And I honestly used to think, yeah, but that's Paul Hubbard. But how silly of, that, of me is that? Because actually, if I believe that me and Paul Hubbard or whoever else that you might think of worship the same God, then whatever they have, I can have. Because God, the God that can do it all for him can do it all for me. Yeah. It, the difference, it's not me or him. It's the difference that he goes for it and I don't. Yeah. It, the God doesn't change. Yeah. The, what he gives to each person doesn't change. The change is in me if I go for it, in a way. The older son in the prodigal story was the same. He knew the father and all he had. He just didn't know he also had it. He, there was no need for him to ask about if he can have a little tiny goat because all the fat sheep were already his. All the, you know, the amazing food and the servants that could have done it all for him were already his. And I put here, grabbing hold of something is an action. It isn't a passive act of just sitting and waiting. And when I think of the phrase grabbing hold of, grabbing hold of, I think of like a very intense action movie. And maybe this is because we watched Mission Impossible lately. But you know, like the Tom Cruise run. And it's like someone's like, is running and they almost fall from like the edge of a building and the hero, and which in this case of course is Tom Cruise, like grabs them, like doesn't want to like make them fall and grabs hold of them, you know, like very tightly, no letting go, no letting go of them because if they do, like they fall and they die. Like that's kind of like the image that I have when I think of grabbing hold of something. It's not just like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll grab this person by the hand, but they might fall. No, it's like grabbing hold of them, like with everything, not just with your arms, but with like your mind and your, your body. It's like, yes, I'm grabbing hold of this. I'm not letting this go. So when, is this how I think about grabbing hold of the truth? Is this the passion and willingness that I have to change something in my life? Because if it isn't, I really shouldn't be surprised when things don't change. And that might sound a little bit harsh, but it's true. When I look around me and I see that things happen to other people, I need to instantly go, yes, their God is my God. They can do it, I can do it. The, 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 the reason Jesus came to the earth was to show us how to do it all, but also to show us that we can have what he had. And it's like, well, yes, I can. Um, God doesn't have a different inheritance for each of us. If you have a full inheritance, then it must be available to all of us. The woman, uh, and then I was thinking about like the different um, stories in the Bible. I'm like, did Jesus just pick and choose certain people to like heal? No, he didn't. 
but we just hear about some small stories. But actually, there were loads of people there. And like I said, Jesus was known by then. What stopped the rest of people to just go and be like, Jesus, can I be healed now? Jesus, I heard about that, that guy by the pool a few days ago. And uh, can you do it for me? You know, the woman that, uh, there was a woman that was bleeding for very many years. And she literally like, got like, through the crowd to just touch Jesus' cloth like Jesus' coat, whatever he was wearing. And I'm like, that is grabbing hold of. She was like, I know that that man, and I know actually he's a little bit busy, but I don't even care because I think even if I touch his clothes, I will be fine. And that's the type of like passion and excitement that she was like, no, like I heard of this man. I really want this to, to, to stop. And if, if I have to like literally go between people's legs to just touch a little bit of his leg, of his clothes, then I'll do that. And she did. And then Jesus knew there's something. This is one of the reasons we sometimes don't see him in the right light, because we think he loves us or favors some more than others based on what we perceive. The truth is the people who get it are the ones who perceive, push through, reach out, and grab hold of. The truth is the people who get it are the ones who persevere, push through, push through reach out, and grab hold. So when you look at somebody and might think, well, oh, of course that won't happen for me because it happened to them. It's actually, no, it happened to them because they've done something. It's, something it's, it's happened to them not because they have a different God from me or God has something more exciting for them than me. It's because they've done something. And this morning, I really want to encourage you to grab hold more and more. And I'm not saying feel bad that you're not doing this enough. I'm just saying more and more, as we believe the fullness is ours, we'll fight off the lies that keep us from what is rightfully ours. We need to feed the truth, agree with the truth, but have to be prepared to do what it takes to receive the truth. Yep. Amen. So, let's stand and pray. Thank you, Lord, that you give me everything. Thank you, Lord, that I have it all. Thank you, Lord, that you have put so many people, amazing people around me to help me all. Thank you, Lord, that these people have been through things that I want. Thank you, Lord, that I can go and reach out and grab hold of, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that when I literally battle through crowds to get to you, you give it all to us, Lord, even if it's just through the small touching of your garment, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that when I grab hold and I reach out, you are there and be like, yes, I've been waiting for you because everything is already yours. Thank you, Lord, that as we go on to our week, Lord, we will be reminded. As we go in, in our day, in our problems, in our jobs, in our situations, we will be reminded that we have it all already and I can grab hold of it, Lord. And in those times when I don't feel strong enough to grab hold of it, Lord, there are so many people that can help me, remind me how to grab hold of it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for every single person here, Lord, that they be... They know how much you love them. They know you are Lord of Lord, and you have given us everything, not to one person more than another, Lord, but to everything, to all of us. Amen.